illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! I am the man this is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can cuts to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced in the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the parking lot at the Woodburn Outlet Mall, the lead driver and director of Thermodynamic Lipid Immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how's the parking lot? You know, it's uh, it's about uh, well, there's spots out here, so oh, really? if people need to do some Christmas shopping, there's some few spots to park. So that's not bad. Oh, right on. Right yeah. on. Well, you are under a time crunch, so we will uh, do away with the pleasantries and get right to it. The purpose of a legal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State beers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. You can listen to us on your iPhone, Android device, Stitcher Radio app, iTunes iTunes podcast, Google podcast, your favorite podcatcher, whatever you want to use. You can get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, and HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. All right, Beads, let's move right into some Beaver sports. Sounds good. What do we got? First up, women's volleyball. I love women's volleyball, Billy. Junior outside hitter Maddie Goings registered 18 kills to lead the Beavers offense. But... The OSU volleyball team fell to number 17 Utah in three sets on Wednesday afternoon. Then Maddie Goins tallied 19 kills and Grace Massey registered 30 digs. But the Beavers fell to Oregon in four sets in the second edition of the Civil War. Now with that loss, that dropped the Beavers to 9-22 and overall and 3-17 and in Pac-12 play. And was the end of their season. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, especially starting off with a, a Civil War win, like the first uh, weekend of Pac-12 play, and just didn't pound out after that. Nope. All right, Beach. Well, it has been the holiday week uh, with Thanksgiving. I was say, it's been it's it's been a week of disappointment. So, well, let's move on to women's basketball. 
Was there less disappointment with women's basketball, Billy? The number seven Oregon State women's basketball team notched its second win over a ranked opponent this season as the Bees topped number 19 Miami 75-53 to Friday afternoon in Miami, Florida. Destiny Slocum. We, we spanked that bitch. Yep, Destiny Slocum scored 20 points, taking her over 1,000 career points between Oregon State and Maryland. Uh, she also added six rebounds and four assists. Michaela Pivik continued her stellar senior campaign, going for 21 points, seven rebounds, and six assists. Then, Beach on Saturday afternoon, Oregon State co- head coach Scott Ruick notched his 500th career victory as the seventh-ranked Beavs took down Liberty 68-55, to also in Florida. Freshman Kennedy Brown set a career high with 16 points and matched a career high with nine rebounds. Michaela Pivik recorded 14 points, six rebounds, six assists, and three steals. The Beavs will return home this Friday, Beach, for a matchup with Hawaii. That game will tip at 7 p.m. Cool. Yeah. So I believe they are 7-0 or 8-0 now. And yesterday, Beach, uh the Oregon women lost to Louisville. So, really? Yeah, so they might lose that number one ranking, second or third week of the season. Billy? We can only hope, huh? I'm choking up a little bit inside. Yeah, I'm choking up a little bit inside. A little sad for our our younger sister school down in Eugene. Yep, little sister. You know, little bitch. Yep, <laughs> little little whore, little slut. Yep, yep, you know her. Let's let's move <laughs> on to uh, men's basketball, Beach. All right, well, how, how are how are Tinkle and the boys doing? Well, Beach, Oregon State cruised past San Jose State, eighty-three to forty-eight, in the Las Vegas Classic on Wednesday evening at Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. The Beavs got bounced, scoring with four players finishing in double figures. Ethan Thompson finished with a game-high seventeen. Alfred Hollins had sixteen. Trace Tinkle fifteen, and Zach Reichel chipped in ten. Then Beach, the Beavs played Sunday afternoon and Trace Tinkle had 26 points, nine rebounds and seven assists to lead Oregon state to an 81 to 76 win over a scrappy Portland state team on Sunday afternoon at Gill Coliseum with the win. The Beavs improved to seven and one and equaled their best start since the 1980, 81 orange express squad that opened up 26 and zero. Now the 1984, 85 and 86, 87 Oregon state teams also started seven and one. It was the fifth straight victory for the Beavers, who have defeated Portland State in all 14 matchups between the schools. The Beavers have nearly two weeks off before returning to action on Saturday, November 14th against Arkansas Pine Bluff at 3 p.m. at Gill. Unbelievable, Billy. Unbelievable. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Anyways, that was a great game. Great game. Good job by the Beavers. Awesome. Fantastic. Yes, unbelievable. Sleep better now tonight. No. Really? I'm surprised you can sleep with all that noise going on. Oh, you know, yes. Crap. Hold on here. I just can't believe you drive around with that damn thing in your truck. You know, it takes up the whole damn back seat, and you don't even know what to. All that crap laying back there. Well, all that crap piled back there. I'm surprised. Set of set of mud flaps, and God knows else is what back there. All right, hold on, hold on. God, hope you didn't crash. Billy. Yes, Peach. This just in. Record low temperatures recorded in Eugene Saturday afternoon. Men at the Civil War game at Autzen Stadium reported testicular issues due to hypothermic reactions in their scrotum region. 
Hmm. Yeah, I can attest to that. It was cold. Oh, yeah. Only Beaver fans reported the issues because Duck fans keep their scrotums in their wives' purses. <laughs> and this and this has been your update from Eugene. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, I guess uh, if you keep them there, you don't have to worry about them so much, do you? That's that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. That was that was funny because actually that was one of my you know I went to my board meeting today, my annual board meeting for the mall that I'm I'm board member of. Yeah. And and actually I used your term today because we were talking about how the 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 generation of Americans growing up, how the men kind of suck and have no no uh, no balls. You know, much, much like, much like the University of Oregon men. And, um, yeah. And, and I quoted you, I said, my brother calls this the pussification of America. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. Just nobody, it, it's, nobody has any, yeah, testicular fortitude. Nobody. Anymore. Nope. Nope. Scrotums have all shriveled up and rotted away for a lot of, and, the, and I don't mean, of our I, I don't mean being a dick. But I mean, just nope. having some balls. Different between being a dick and and having having some balls. Yeah, yep. it's it's you know difference between Frank and Beans right there. Frank there and go. the Beans. There you go. All right, Beans. Well, we don't have time to waste. So are you ready to go under okay. for further review for week number fourteen in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! Yes, I'm excited for this, Billy. Let's do this. I've got. 20 minutes. Okay. So let's do it. Um, heading into the week, I was in the lead with 53 out of 85. You were at 47 to 85, completely out of it. Couldn't win. And Kyle was 45 out of 85, completely out of it. Couldn't win. Uh, we had one game on Friday, the Apple cup, Washington state at Washington. That's right. We all took Washington. I didn't state. bring my notes. With... <laughs> we all yep. took Washington state. <laughs> For the seventh straight year, the Apple Cup will reside in Seattle after Washington once again stymied the Cougars, rolling to a 31-13 victory on Friday. Quarterback Jacob Eason threw for 244 yards and one touchdown and ran for another, and Richard Newton scored on a pair of short TD runs for the Huskies. But as it has for several years, the difference was Washington's defense managing to keep the best scoring team in the Pac-12 grounded. The Cougars were held to 28 points under their season average. Quarterback Anthony Gordon threw for 308 yards, but after the first drive of the game when Max Borgie scored in a one-yard run, the Cougars never again found the end zone. Now, despite the offensive struggles, Washington State twice had a chance to pull within one score early in the fourth quarter. The most crushing was Dion McIntosh's fumble at the Washington 10 with 12.57 remaining. Now, the Huskies did nothing with the turnover, but Gordon made his worst decision of the day on the ensuing drive, throwing a careless pass while scrambling that was intercepted by Trent McDuffie. Gordon, the leading passer in the country, completed 48 of 62 passes, but nearly all of his throws were underneath, and the Cougs couldn't reach the field vertically against Washington's secondary. Wow. So none of us got yeah. the win there. I just don't understand. The Cougs are a good team. Why do Washington seems to be their Achilles heel. Well, you know, I was talking so. to somebody else, and Washington practices a certain amount every practice for Washington State. So it's a lot like Oregon State used to do back under Pettibone when they would have Duck Hunt. Yeah. They do it from the beginning of the season all the way through, so they're ready to go for that game. So something wow. to be said about that. All right, none of us got the win Absolutely. there, Beach. Moving on. All the other games were on Saturday. First up, Colorado at 
eventual Pac-12 champion, Utah. Uh, and we all picked Utah because we're not morons. Uh, the Utes needed a quarter to get rolling in 25-degree temperatures, but romped to their eighth straight victory as Brant Cuthie scored three touchdowns and Utah rolled to a 45-15 win. Quarterback Tyler Huntley was 14 of 17 for 165 yards and connected with Cuthie twice for scores. Now, the Buffalo defense keyed on Zach Moss and made it tough to run between the tackles, but the all-time Utah rushing leader tallied 88 yards and 20 carries and scored on a one-yard run to put the game away in the fourth quarter and set up Utah's match against number 14 this coming Friday. So, yeah, Utah pretty much just dominated. And so that secured the South for them and put them into the Pac-12 championship game this week. Good for them. They deserve it. All right, Beach, up next. Notre Dame at Stanford. And we all picked uh, Notre Dame on this one, I believe. Did we not? Incorrect. Kyle and I took Notre Dame. You, my friend, took Stanford. Oh, I did take Stanford. <laughs> yes, you did. Isaiah Fox. And, and if they would have stopped and if they would have stopped in the first quarter, I would have won, right? Pretty much. Isaiah Foskey's blocked punt set up Ian Book's second of four touchdown passes, and number fifteen Notre Dame reached double digit wins for the third straight season by beating Stanford forty five to twenty four on Saturday. Now Book turned the blocked punt into a six yard T D pass to Tommy Tremble late in the second quarter, and then threw his first of two T D passes to Chase Claypool with one twenty remaining in the half as the Fighting Irish quickly erased a 10-point deficit and snapped a five-game losing streak at Stanford Stadium. For Stanford, Davis Mills threw two DT passes for the Cardinal, who have lost four straight for the first time since 2007. Stanford also finished with its first losing record since 2008, ending a streak of 10 straight bowl bids. So Kyle and I pick up the point there. Up next... Is Stanford in a rebuilding year this year? I mean, is that were they just low on talent? I don't think they or... were thought of to be in a rebuilding year, but obviously it is. Okay, okay. Okay, Beach, up next, big brother at little brother, Cal at UCLA. Um, God, dang it, Billy, I can't remember who we picked on this one, and I don't have my notes with me. That's Forgive right. me. That's right, Beach. You and I took Cal, Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Kyle took UCLA. Okay. How'd that turn out? The Golden Bears showed no signs of a letdown as they defeated UCLA 28-18 on Saturday night at the Rose Bowl. Cal was led by Christopher Brown Jr.'s 111 yards rushing and two TDs, while the defense had a season-high six sacks and held the Bruins to 58 rushing yards. Now, Brown, who had his second 100-yard game of the season, scored both of his touchdowns in the second half as the Golden Bears completed the regular season with three wins in their last four games. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson completed 23 of 39 passes for 278 yards and a touchdown and an interception, but was sacked five times. Now, the sophomore was forced out of the game during the fourth quarter due to a nagging ankle injury. Austin Burton came on and was 8 of 9 for 65 yards on the final drive. UCLA running back Joshua Kelly gained 76 yards on 19 carries in his final game as he became the eighth running back in school history to record back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. So you and wow. I, you and I Did, got to win there. And how many – what, what was, what was uh, UCLA's record for, this, for, the, uh, for the year? I believe four and eight. Let me look. Utah or UCLA ended up four and eight on the season, third place in the South. Okay. And below the Beavers, 
for the entire Pac-12 conference. Yeah. Nice. For the Pac-12, the Bs ended in, I think, fourth place. So we were in the top third. Fifth. We were the fifth place. Okay. Well, close to the top. Because they tied with Arizona State, UCLA, Washington, and Cal, all with four and five records. But we beat all of those teams except Washington. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So the Beavs ended in fourth. Fifth. Gotcha. Because it goes Oregon, Utah. Oh, so they're in fourth place. Oregon, Utah, USC. No, Washington, Oregon State, fifth. So, Well, let's keep going here. Okay, gotcha. Up next, Beach, Arizona at Arizona State. And I believe I picked Arizona State on this one. Correct. All of us did. Arizona State running back Eno Benjamin ran for 168 yards and two touchdowns, helping Arizona State grind out a 24-14 victory over rival Arizona on Saturday night. The Sun Devils ran the ball 20 of 21 plays on a pair of third-quarter scoring drives capped by Benjamin's TD runs, turning a one-point halftime deficit into a 21-6 lead. Now, Arizona quarterback Khalil Tate returned as a starter for the first time in three games and threw three interceptions, two on miscommunications with receivers and another on a drop. Now, Tate threw for 228 yards and two TDs to Jamari Joyner, who had seven catches for 149 yards. Arizona AD Dave Hickey said after the game that head coach Kevin Sumlin would return in 2020. Because that was a question. I don't think he ever used Khalil Tate correctly. He did not use Tate well. Okay. And Arizona ended up 12th in the conference at 2-7. and seven. So. Really? Yep. All right, Beach. Last up, Civil War, Oregon State. So Arizona Florida. State, Arizona, and the only two teams Arizona State beat was Oregon and uh, and Arizona. No, Arizona State ended at four and five. Arizona ended up two and seven. Well, last. Oh, time. okay, okay. If I if Sorry. I said Arizona State, I misspoke. <clears throat> okay. So last up, Beach, Civil War. I was there, Billy. You don't need to tell me how it turned out. <laughs> All three of us took the beeves. Tristan Jebbia started his first career game for Oregon State when quarterback Jake Luton couldn't go with a banged-up forearm. But the beeves came up short in a 24-10 loss in the 123rd Civil War. Now, trailing 17-3 at the start of the fourth quarter, Oregon State closed the gap on Jamar Jefferson's 19-yard touchdown run with 11:03 left, which, I pointed out to you, Beach, was only the fourth rushing touchdown that Oregon had given up all season. Mm-hmm. Now, later, Justin Herbert appeared to hit Jalen Red with an eight-yard touchdown pass, but a review determined Red fumbled the ball before scoring, giving the ball to the Beavers. Oregon, Oregon State's drive fizzled on a fourth-and-five attempt, turning the ball over on downs to set up Cyrus Habibi Likio's 20-yard touchdown run with 1.15 left. Now, Oregon State had already collected more wins this season than the previous two years combined, and they were picked in the preseason to finish last in the Pac-12 North. But the Beasts surpassed all those expectations but couldn't quite get into a bowl game with losses in their final two games. Now, Jebbia, who is a transfer to Nebraska and competed with Luton in fall for the starting job, um, had only thrown for 104 yards with two touchdowns his interception this season before his first career start. Now, Luton, who had struggled with injuries throughout his Oregon State career, earned his sixth year of eligibility this year. He ended up throwing for 200, or excuse me, 2,714 yards and 28 TDs in his final year with just three interceptions. Now, um, Oregon State, or, uh, excuse me. Now, Oregon capped its first drive in the game with Camden Lewis's 32-yard field goal attempt. Oregon State answered with Everett Hayes's 40-yard field goal attempt on its first series. But on the ensuing kickoff, 
Oregon return man Michael Wright returned at 98 yards for a touchdown that put the Ducks up 10-3. It was Wright's second kickoff return for a TD this season and the longest in the history of the Civil War. And if you look at the game, Beach, the, the, uh, uh, the, the Beavs outgained the Ducks. Well, I, I loved I, – I was looking through my phone uh, before uh, we, we started recording this podcast, and I caught the Oregon Live headline, uh-huh. and it said uh, – uh, uh, well, what did it say? Something I, Oregon State uh, Oregon State loses or something like that, even though Oregon had a putrid – they used the term putrid offense. Oh, they looked like – they looked like hell. Yeah. Yeah, and so they said Oregon's putrid offense, and uh, then also what was the what was the broadcast we caught last night where they gave kudos to Oregon State? Oh yeah, um, you know, and and even even the Ducks after the game, and I don't know if the Ducks are mellowing at all their fan base, but you know, none of the people who were riding the bus with us seem to be overjoyous of their win like they've been in the past. No, you know, and and it could be the audience that we were around. I don't know, but. Uh, and even the one guy's one, the one duck looked at me on the bus as we're heading back to the, the park and ride. And he's like, you guys had an okay season this year, didn't you? And, and I'm like, we had a very good season this year. I said, I'm, I'm proud of what we, uh, what we accomplished. Yep. You know, we, we, we didn't get all the wins we wanted, but we were a contender the whole time. Yep. Um, we were, we were only, you know, one score away from winning three games. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we did better than the expectations. And and the best thing of all, our games, for the most part, were damn fun to watch this year. I agree. And 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 that's that is fun. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it's nice once in a while when you got a, a, a good lead, mm-hmm. you know, where you can rest in the fourth quarter and not have to be on the edge of your seat. But there is something fun about a tight game and watching two uh, two teams take it all the way to the final seconds just to decide who wins the game. That That's fun. Completely agree. So a little stressful. Probably get an ulcer over it over the, as the years progress, but it was definitely fun. Completely so agree. I, I, it was a fun season. Last last year was not a fun season. The year before that, the season sucked ass yeah. because you just sat there and watched us lose. Yeah. And uh, and now we at least got to see us watch a play a game. Yeah. So, so all in all, so. I think, uh, like I said, it's hard to say I was – positive after a loss and after a losing season, but I I feel really good about the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think Jonathan Smith has, has a a good group of coaches. I feel good. Um, I I, I wish we would have won that civil war game because I would have liked to have seen a bowl game, but this to me reminds me of after the 98 season going into 99. Now, of course, 98 the final game was that civil war beating the, you know, top 10 ranked ducks. So it's not quite that great, but I feel the same way. Like, God dang it, I can't wait till next season. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a fun season to watch. Um, yeah, too bad we got, uh, what do we got, nine and a half months before we can start watching a game? Or About, eight yeah. and a half months? About eight and a half. September 3rd. Okay. September 3rd. And who's our first game? Stillwater, Oklahoma against Oklahoma State. But who's counting? All right, Beach. So for our final tally of the year, Kyle – Ended up at 48 out of 91, you at 50 out of 91, and me with 57 out of 91. And just for fun, we will pick this week's game. Although I think I know what we're all going to pick. So, Utah. All right, Beach. So let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. In the AP poll, Utah is at 5, Oregon at 13, USC at 24, 
Arizona State, Cal, Washington, all in the others receiving votes category. Now in the USA Today coaches poll, Utah moves up to five. Oregon at 13, USC 24, Arizona State in the others receiving votes category. So Utah moved up because Alabama lost on Saturday. So right now, moving into the the week of the we, – we won't know what Utah will be ranked. They'll probably be ranked fifth in the playoff um, rankings. And you need to be in the week. top – and you need to be in the top four? Top four. Because Utah uh, Utah was sixth, Alabama lost. I would imagine they'll move up to five. I don't see anyone jumping them. But this coming week, um, above them, okay. you have LSU playing Georgia, which both of those teams are ranked above Utah, so one of them is going to lose. Mm-hmm. Clemson, uh, and, if, and if it's Georgia, that will give them two losses on the season. You have Clemson playing Virginia. Now Clemson should win. That said – uh, if Virginia wins, I don't think they will have enough to move up ahead of Utah. And then you have Ohio State and Wisconsin. Again, Utah, if they take care of business this week, should move into the playoffs, in my opinion. Okay, so then who would go to the Rose Bowl? I'm not sure how that works out. I do not okay. believe the Rose Bowl is part of the playoff this year, so I don't know. Could Oregon still go to the playoffs? Possibly. I don't know with a third loss, though, but. We'll wait and see. All right. They, no. they'd have, but they, yeah. Yeah, well, because then you've got some of those other, what they call the the non-Power 5 conferences, have a bunch of one-loss teams. And so where do they fall? So we'll just yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it works out. All right, Beach, it's now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, it goes out to Tennessee wide receiver and special teams player, Jawan Jennings. Now, when you have a chance, Beach, you'll have to look this up. Jawan Jennings uh, plays for Tennessee. Now, um, he was in on a punt team. He was punting. The other team was returning. And Jennings tackled Justice Shelton Mosley of Vanderbilt on a punt return. And to me, kind of tackled him out of bounds. Looks like he could have let, let up on him. But anyways, he tackled him out of bounds, and they kind of piled up into some stuff on the sideline. And it kind of led to a sideline scuffle between the two and several other teammates getting involved. Now, as Jennings stood up, the senior wideout kind of looked the other way and stepped on Shelton Mosley's head. The problem was, Shelton Mosley's helmet had been knocked off during the tackle. So he basically stepped on the kid's face. Wow. Yeah. Now, everything was like, well, you couldn't tell if he did it um, intentionally or not, but he did. You could tell he kind of looked the other way, and he put his foot right on the guy's face with his cleats. Now, no flags wow. were thrown. And my thing is, Tennessee won the damn game 20-10. to 10. So I don't understand why you got to take a cheap shot like that. But this Jennings Beach is the same guy that was kicked off the team in 2017 for a profanity-laced social media rant criticizing the team's coaching personnel, but was later reinstated after the team changed its coaching staff. But anyways, if you, when you watch a beach, it's just a blatant cheap shot. The guy's a piece of crap. He needs to be booted off that team. I wouldn't want him on my team. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, you, he could have seriously injured the guy. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Paracletes on a guy's face. Yep. Especially when you're probably the size he is pushing down on him. Yeah. Because you know he didn't do it softly. Oh, no. And I'm sorry. When, when you step on something squishy, you know you're stepping on something squishy. Yeah. So. 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 Juwan Jennings, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. All right, Beach, it's time to move on to our musical interlude for 1985. Now, Beach, it is my pick. This song I'm picking is a song from a concept album and subsequent musical by the name Chess that was written by Tim Rice, Benny Anderson, and Bjorn Olveus. Any idea? Okay. Not a clue. Okay. Now, in the uh, the the released version of the song, it was on, on radio, British actor and singer Murray Head kind of raps the verses while the chorus is sung by a Swedish singer and songwriter. Now, it peaked at number three in both okay. Canada and the United States in May 1985, and topped out at number 54 for the year. Now, the main song has a pop styling, and the lyrics compose um, the Thai capital city and its nightlife with a game of chess. Any idea? Not a clue. The lyrics mention actor Yul Brenner, which is consequently about six months before the actor actually died, who actually played the King of Siam in the Broadway musical and film The King and I. Now, there's other Thai-related references in the lyrics, including one to Siam, which is Thailand's former name, the Oriental Hotel, mm-hmm. the sport of Muay Thai, which from the, with the line in the song, I get my kicks above the waistline, and also kind of the uh, lady boys there. Oh, yeah? Where they say, you'll, you'll find a god in every golden cloister. And if you're lucky, then the gods a she. <laughs> no? It's not ringing. I mean, certain things, the Yul Brenner quote rings a bell to yeah. me. I just, it's not. The song, the, the, the song also I, the song also mentions three places where chess tournaments were previously held, including Iceland, the Philippines, and Hastings, uh, United Kingdom. No clue? No. The song is One Night in Bangkok by Murray Head.
I did not realize that that was 1985. I thought that song was older. Nope, 1985, One Night in Bangkok. It's actually from a musical. Yeah, I, I love had that no song. Idea. Yeah, I love that song. All right, Beach, but we're gonna not sit back and and dawdle. It is now time for our Pac-12 Championship Week preview. We've only got one game: Utah versus Oregon. Who are you gonna take? I'm taking Utah with all of my energy and passion. And my whole inner being. Okay, I will take Utah. And Kyle, too, will take Utah. He said with a big win. So, yeah, I think we're all pretty sure that 
to me, Utah looks like they're on a mission. I've said this for a while. After that USC loss, I guess Tyler Huntley, who tends to be kind of a quiet guy, called an all-team meeting, uh, players mm-hmm. only, players only, and basically said, "This is this is we're a team of destiny. We're doing it this year, and we're not going to let anything stand in our way." And I think you might see an utter destruction of Oregon on Friday night. So what you're saying is we got a buck, bunch of Jack Mormons at Utah on a mission. A little bit on a mission from God. That's awesome. Anything else to add, Beach? I know it's kind of an abbreviated show, but we've got things going on. Um, We're going to have one another one of these next week? We will do a show next week, yes. Sweet. Um, I got nothing other than that game was a cold son of a bitch out at Autzen Stadium. That was one of the um, coldest ones I've ever been at. Yeah, I it's I was I, a little quick little quick uh, story. So I go over to Billy's house to pick him up for the game, and yeah. and I he looks at me. He goes, "Should I wear a jacket or a sweatshirt?" And I looked at him and said, "I'd wear both." And, so I did, and, and that was a good call, was it not? Oh yeah, and I had my Under Armour and everything. I, I, and it was funny because I walked into Woodstock's yeah. to make us a pizza and we were coming back, and one of my employees looked at me and she's like. I've never seen you in layers. And I go, cause I never wear layers. It doesn't happen. Well, I, when, when I was getting ready at like whatever time in the morning I had to leave, I like put on one pair of long johns and I'm like, if one pair is good, two pairs better. <laughs> and double layered. We were still <laughs> freezing. For me. It was, yeah, it was brutal. Oh golly. You, you know, and yeah, golly. You, I, I couldn't even want to get food cause I didn't want to take my hands out of my gloves. Oh, exactly. So did you get snow down there today? Yeah, we had about, did you uh, get snow in your yeah. yard today or something? Yeah, we had about an inch and a half, two inches on the ground. Okay. Cause when I was leaving your house last night, I thought I saw a couple flakes come down. Yep. So I was curious. So yep, I went to bed. Okay. All right, well, upstairs that... And was like talking about, Oh, it's snowing outside. And I was like, I don't care. I want to sleep. <laughs> so, alrighty. Well, so next week I should be doing this recording back at the Heinrich tailgater, Northern command outpost and twin pines vineyards, Benbrack Airbnb. Um, but uh, hopefully this was doing okay in the in the Woodburn Outlet parking lot. Not too bad. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 137. I believe your participation, comments, suggestions, questions, HeinrichTailgater gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Subscribe, leave ratings and review, whatever your favorite podcast is. Beach. Billy. It's been a great season. I actually look forward to the rest of this year and coming into next season still water open awesome all right i'm i'm excited for uh i'm excited for the pac-12 championship and hopefully some great college football as we get closer to uh, new year's yeah some great bowl games thanks for listening to show number 137 of illegal participation and until next week here's a great big go bees
played Sunday afternoon and there was an and, not a but. That's because I've got to fill in this part right here. Oh, unbelievable, Billy! Unbelievable. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Here, I'll look up the score real quick. It started at three. It might be over by then. This just in. I got nothing. <laughs> really? I thought you had something. Hold on. I thought I had something. <laughs> That's what she thought, too. <laughs> what would we? <laughs> Uber called. <laughs> I was going to say something like Uber cold weather in Eugene reported last Saturday. Men's nuts shriveled into their <laughs> freaking guts for four hours as they watched the game at Knotson Stadium. Ugh. Right? Yep. Is that it? Hold on. My problem is my damn phone won't download on a Skype call. Oh. Um, Figured you should say something about you know, there's a lot of calls of hypothermia to the scrotal region of many men. Tended to be all, it was all Beaver fans. Oregon fans reported no problems because their scrotums were placed nicely in their wife's purses. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta <laughs> let me write that one down. 